Welcome to Sound Waves at St. Bede's, a weekly podcast of St. Bede's Episcopal Church in Los Angeles, California, a vibrant and inclusive community of faith serving Venice, Playa Vista, Mar Vista, Ocean Park, Santa Monica, and beyond. Each week, Sound Waves features the sermon from last week's Sunday's worship services. In addition, as often as possible, we share selections from the extraordinary St. Bede's music program update our listeners on church news, and convey the stories of our faith as we live out our baptismal covenant. As always, we invite you to worship with us at St. Bede's on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Additional information and directions to our church campus can be found on our website, stbedesla.org, S-T-B-E-D-E-S-L-A.org. Thank you for listening. May the love of Christ be with you today and always. It has been two weeks since we declared with great joy and one voice, Alleluia, the Lord has risen, the Lord has risen indeed. Alleluia. Have you been changed by your Easter experience? Throughout my 20 years of ordained ministry, I have always tried to step away from public ministry the week immediately after Easter. Now, there is some criticism about clergy taking vacation immediately after Easter in the broader church. It slows the momentum of the Easter tide, some critics say. It sends the wrong signal to the congregation. I'll admit, the criticism might have some merit. However, for me, I need the Sabbath. I need the downtime. Not because I'm trying to run away from the risen Lord or trying to sprint away from the hustle and bustle of church life. Instead, I have learned that I need space and time to fully discern the Holy Week an Easter experience. It's intense. And it can be challenging to process the moment when you're shepherding others through that experience. It's true in ministry, and I imagine it is often true in your own professional lives. It's difficult to process the moment when we're actually helping to kind of shepherd or lead others through that moment. When I carve out space and time after Holy Week and Easter, what I'm really doing is creating distance. Distance. When I was a youngster, our family would rent a houseboat um, in the summer on Lake Mead, just outside of Las Vegas. And so when you went to bed, it was 100 degrees. When you woke up, it was 105 degrees. And in the middle of the day, it felt like it was 200 degrees. And we water skied, and we fish, and we hung out bobbing on the lake. And it was a really good time. And we had a family friend by the name of Pat who would occasionally come out to the lake. And 
He was in his 20s, and at the time he was a drummer in a groundbreaking Orange County punk band, and he was a cool guy. It was really fun to hang out with, and his dad and my dad were friends. Pat and my older brother Todd and I, one of the things that we'd love to do was to go hiking along Lake Mead's rocky hills. And Pat's fa favorite activity was turning over large boulders that would then be sent down the hill, crashing into the lake below. We called this boulder turning, and it was an art. Now, there was two rules. Rule number one, you never wanted to stand between the boulder and the water's edge for obvious reasons. However, rule number two was equally important, and maybe even more important. Unless you were the boulder turner, and I was never the boulder turner because I was way too young, you never stood anywhere near the boulder. Distance from the boulder was crucial. Now, why might you ask? Because often, when you flipped over or overturned the boulder, you would be disturbing a vicious, very poisonous bark scorpion, who was obviously very, very unhappy that their cool and dark shelter was now being launched down the hill. Bark scorpions are actually the most venomous scorpions in North America. Pat was a 20-something-year-old. He played collegiate baseball, I actually believe, at UCLA. So he could flip over a boulder and jump six feet in literally one single action. I was about eight much smaller, much slower, and definitely not as aware. It took me only one time when a bark scorpion scrambled up my leg. I saw Penny already covering her hands before I even got to the line. She knew where it was going. Scrambled up my leg, and at that moment I realized, thankfully it did not sting me, at that moment I realized distance can be a good thing. Distance is a healthy practice in boulder turning. Distance is a healthy spiritual practice. Distance can be a sacrament. It can feed you. It can restore you. It can heal you. It can empower you. And distance does not have to be about disconnecting. Distance can be a calibration tool that allows us to align ourselves and realign ourselves with those things that are most important to us. The intentional distance that we construct at certain moments in our lives, it actually is an invitation to the Holy Spirit. 
And when we make that invitation, the Spirit envelops us. The Spirit nudges us. The Spirit can propel us. The journey to seek out distance is a holy endeavor of the heart and of the mind and of the soul. In the distance, we rediscover the past in order to discern the future. In this morning's Gospel reading, Jesus makes his final and fourth appearance to the disciples. Now, I know the Gospel says three, but he really made also an appearance first to Mary next to the empty tomb in the garden. That was his first appearance. His second and third appearance we heard last Sunday. He appears to the disciples the first time without Thomas. God knows what Thomas was really doing. And then the next time that Jesus appears, Thomas is there, and we get that famous story about Thomas. And when Jesus appears to them, they're all hidden in a house. They're in lockdown. I know that's a word that we all understand nowadays. But they are. The first three appearances all occur in Jerusalem. So they occur in the shadow of the cross. They occur in the shadow of the carnage and the turmoil that has happened. So life for the disciples at this point is chaotic at best. And the future is probably even more murky in the days and weeks following the cross and the resurrection. And so the disciples, they need distance. They need distance. They literally need some distance from Jerusalem. But they also require spiritual distance. John's 21st chapter records Jesus' final appearance. And most scholars believe that the chapter, um, chapter 21, is actually a later edition. It wasn't part of the original manuscript. Similar to the Markan edition, in the, you know, the Gospel of Mark, the 21st chapter in John's Gospel attempts to tie a very neat and tidy and pretty bow around the Gospel conclusion. And so we know that some distance from the early days of the resurrection has occurred in this morning's Gospel reading because we learn that the disciples have left Jerusalem and they've returned home to the safe confines of Galilee. They retreat. Not necessarily run away, but they retreat to the safety of Galilee. There's no chief priests or Pharisees to contend with. There's no Roman soldiers or Pilate to harass them. They've returned home. And they have returned to their old ways, the pre-Jesus days, despite Jesus' previous appearances to them. 
I think what is remarkable about this passage is how easy the disciples have returned to their old lives. I don't know if you've had that experience where you've been away from something for a while. Maybe it was a job or, or an experience, whatever else, and you get back into it, and it's almost you don't miss a beat. It's like riding a bike. You never really lose the skill of riding a bike. And the disciples, they return home, and they just start living as they used to. And just like before he met Jesus, Peter, we learn again in this gospel reading, is still just an awful fisherman because he hasn't caught anything. Is the disciples' fishing trip a vacation? Or is it a return to their former vocation? The story tells us that the disciples were not ready. They were not ready yet to be post-resurrection apostles in the world. They just weren't there yet. They needed to settle down. Even some of them probably thought that they just needed to move on with this chapter in their lives. They were done going the distance for Jesus. Their Easter experience was a single moment suspended in a single time. A visitation there, a visitation here, and that's it. Truth be told, so many in the Christian family see, Christ, uh, see Easter as that single moment. Rather than what it really is, is 365 days a year throughout our lifetime because we are Easter people. So the disciples returned to the confines of Galilee and the everydayness of their lives, but Jesus has a very different plan. Jesus' visit to the disciples was intended to close the distance once and for all between Jesus' public ministry and the future church that the disciples soon would usher in. It's almost like you could hear Jesus saying, all right, all right, enough with the vacation. You got some time away. Now it's time to get back to the real work. It's time to get busy. Jesus breaks the disciples' Sabbath, and he picks up where he left off right before his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Jesus feeds the disciples. He feeds them physically, and he feeds them spiritually. And then you have this interesting interplay between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus questions him not once, not twice, but three times to confirm that, G that Peter's heart is all in for the future. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Are you sure you love me? Yes, Lord, are you really, really sure you love me? Yes, Lord. Then stop wasting your time fishing in the sea because you suck at it. <laughs> Instead, feed my lambs. Which really, feed my children. 
don't stop there. Tend my sheep, but don't stop there. Feed my sheep. It's time, Peter, for you and the disciples to be Easter people and to follow my example. Follow me. It's time to close the distance between here and the kingdom of God. Follow me. My sisters and brothers in the risen Christ, the time has come for us to close the gap. After what we witnessed two weeks ago, we cannot just return home and take up our old ways. Christ's resurrection has changed the world and hopefully it has changed us. Life can never be the same after, after the resurrection. No matter how much distance we make between the boulder and ourselves, the last stone has been overturned. And you know what? The tomb is empty. The good news is rolling at a steady pace toward the river of life. It's time to follow the risen Lord into the future that God has for us, that God has for each and every one of you. The future that God has for our St. Bede's family. Follow me says our risen Lord. Follow me. Amen. Thank you for listening to Soundwaves at St. Bede's. If you want to learn more about St. Bede's, we invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at St. Bede's LA. If you like Soundwaves, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Our worship services on Sunday are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are welcome at St. Bede's. Additional information and directions to our church campus can be found on our website, stbedesla.org, S-T-B-E-D-E-S-L-A.org. Thank you again for listening, and may you be blessed this day and every day by God's unconditional love and eternal grace.